everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Steel Clay Podcast, where we are two vessels of clay working out the heavyweights of life. We want to thank you for joining us this evening. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Okay, and I'm here. All right, my friend, you are here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, I guess I should pray. We should get into it, huh? Go, go, buddy. Okay, well, let's let's go before them. Father, we thank you, God. We lift your name on high on today, God. We give you all glory, honor, and praise, God, not only for everything that you've done, God, but just for waking us up this morning, God, for giving us breath in our lungs anew, God, for allowing us to continue to have one more chance, Father, to, to get it right. We so love you, Father, for this um, word that you've given us, God, for the word that you've opened up to us, God, for the revelation, God, for your Holy Spirit who brings all things back to remembrance. God, we just bless you. God, we pray that everything that is said and done here on today would not only be pleasing in your sight, God, but that it would manifest in people's lives, God, and that something that is said on today would bring about change that would help someone, God, that would help to begin a healing process for someone. God, we just pray that everyone that hears something on today can take it away from today and use it in their everyday lives. Lives, and we thank you so much for it and we give you all glory honor and praise in jesus name amen 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 well i don't know how deep this conversation is going to go but the whole spirit had been on my heart to pull up these numbers put up this number in um just in case a listener is listening to us and they've experienced any type of domestic you can call it the, the national domestic violence hotline 1-800-799-SAFE 799-7233. And you can also go to their website at thehotline.org to chat with someone. If you don't want to call, you want to chat, they have a chat feature. You can do it right on your phone, thehotline.org, and it's free and it's confidential. All right. So we want to close out this this conversation we've been having about the the birthmark by Nathaniel mm-hmm. Hawthorne. We've been mirroring it with the Bible and pull out different things we've talked about. Uh, ooh, I had my list here somewhere. We what we talked about uh, all kind of uh, <laughs> things when it deals with oh not loving yourself allowing other mm-hmm. people to change you uh you know not accepting your your flaws allow other people to have you know have manipulate you and deceive you into you know different things so this last topic i really wanted to make it is because it's a lot here um mm-hmm. the inability to walk away from unhealthy bonds attachments entanglements situationships, family, friends, the people's inability to walk away. And the young lady ended up dying in the story of the birthmark. She ended up going to the of her husband to get rid of the birthmark that he did not like. The poison and ended up dying. So in his attempt to get rid of something her and in her attempt to please him he ended up killing her w- along with the birthmark. So the birthmark disappeared and so and she died. Mm. So when she went down into his laboratory, because he was a scientist, she wanted to leave. And he was like, oh, if you 
leave. You don't trust me. You don't, you know, he used that manipulation and the guilt of the fact that you're my wife. You're supposed to, you know, embrace everything about me and, and love me. Not embrace everything about her and love her. My words, you go read the book for yourself. It's online. It's a PDF called The Birthmark. So, I said, well, Lord, what is, why are some reasons why people cannot, why they stay? Why do they stay in unhealthy relationships? Um, we're not just talking about physical abuse, emotional. We're talking about emotional. We're talking about verbal abuse. Um, and I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm laughing, but I'm, but it's like I couldn't have had this conversation with somebody who did not understand the effects and the ramifications of trauma. Sure, it's not a sure. laugh matter, but still, I just couldn't have this conversation with nobody else, you know, outside of your your field. So I looked up. I have like one, two, three, four, five, like six points. Did him, but. I Counted now. The first one that I looked up was and it and, and it paired manipulation with emotional abuse. And that meant with the fact mm -hmm. that people feel like they don't have any other options. Mm -hmm. You want me to list them all, or you want to you know interject? What you want me to do? Uh, no, I'm gonna let you list them all because I'm writing as you're talking. Gotcha. <laughs> one is guilt. I mm -hmm. just need to know where we was going, you know. This, mm -hmm. And with guilt, the Lord led me to to write this down. A stronghold of major people are often timed to, but guilt has its own category as. Mm -hmm. It has its own category, mm -hmm. right? The third one is illusions, illusions of control, illusions of control. Now that mm -hmm. one was funny to me, and I kind of chuckled with God because of the word illusions. Because most people want to be in control, but to be honest, this is an illusion because you're really in control. But for this one, it's ignoring the facts. is simply you ignoring the facts, ignoring the facts. This is why people say. The fourth one is investment. Treating relationships like a stock portfolio. Mm -hmm. I've invested this time, I, this energy or whatever my, you know, whatever you've invested, you want to return on your investment. The fifth one most women are, are you know, they they fall into this one. Fear of loneliness. They would rather have something over nothing. And then the sixth one is low self-esteem. The enemies play on words. Because that's what low self-esteem is. It's a play on words.
All right. So now you have them. I'm going to sit back and see what the good doctor says. The good doctor has plenty to say um, because all of these that you're listing, these are all symptoms. Okay. These are all symptoms of a much bigger issue. Uh, the issue is what we call attachment. Mm. Well, my pimp's are wet. And so, and so when we think about attachment, um, especially as it refers to the field of counseling and psychology, we think of um, a child to parent, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yes, of course. However, there's a much broader picture of attachment that we're missing, which is people to God. Mm-hmm. And so this is what attachment is. Um, After a baby is born, uh, the adult that spends the time with that child and puts in um, the effort to uh, bond with the child and create a relationship with that child will develop attachment with that child. Now, however that adult um, behaves in that attachment relationship will bleed onto the child. So if a parent is healthy and they have a healthy attachment style, generally the child is healthy. Um, You know, I like to refer back to movies and TVs and stuff because my kids be making me watch stuff with them all the time. So if you think about it in this way, if anybody ever remember watching The Good Times, and yes, I'm I'm dating myself here, but um, when uh, Thelma is a teenager, she's ended up dating this guy who's in college and he's writing this paper about the sexuality of the Black Negro in the ghetto. And so one of the things that he writes in the paper is that um, there is lower occurrence of uh, premarital pregnancy and uh, abuse in relationships among young women whose father is at home with them. And so if you have a healthy parent, then you have healthy attachments. And so you will not stay in relationships that don't uh, resemble healthy attachments. So if your relationship with your parent is strained or in any type of way you did not bond well with your parents, then those attachment issues will show up in the relationships it is that you have as an adult and you will stay in unhealthy relationships because it is familiar to you. You think that it's the way that it's supposed to be done. Hmm. So the manipulation and the entrapment usually are things that you have seen in other ways. This is the type of parent who'll say, oh, you don't love me. Oh, you don't you don't care about what happens to me. Oh, you only love this parent more than you love me. And you begin to manipulate the child's emotions and to entrap them in a situation where they're pitted one parent against an, against another. And they believe that that is the okay way to operate in the earth. And so they will pick that up and they will children will do that. It's the same thing with the guilt. How go ahead. Is it safe to say that 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 parent picked that up? Yes. It can be generational. Yes. Oh, no, it's definitely generational. And so then in counseling, we say attachment is the gift that keeps on giving. Ooh, I don't want that. Right. Well, you do if it's healthy attachment. Okay, I want that. Okay. So then it's the same thing with all of these things. Um, And so there's a modicum of fear of loneliness, low self-esteem, treating relationships as investments, 
um, illusion of control, all of these things are wrapped up in that initial bonding experience that each child has with parent. And so if your attachment style is negative, then you can surely believe that most of your adult relationships will mirror that. We talked about this, I think, a couple of episodes ago, that children can only do what they've seen. And so that's why that's why um, in Joshua chapter one, you know, God tells Joshua and the rest of the Israelites that they have to meditate on the word day and night. Like they have to teach them to their children when they're sitting down and teach them to the children when they're going out. They have to write the scriptures upon their foreheads and they're, they're supposed to always remember it because this is the way in which we end up having an attachment with God. Wow. But when our attachment with our parents is negative or in any other type of way less than healthy, then two things happen. One, your picture about God is skewed because we relate with God in a similar way to which we relate with our parents until God begins to teach us otherwise. But that initial relation will be in that way. And so you end up damaging your children in more ways than you understand when you don't have healthy attachments with them. Okay, so I have a couple of examples. Oh, so okay, so like, so my siblings, I I I told my mom, I said, my brother treats his women the way he do because of his anger and resentment to you. Mm-hmm. That he ever had a relationship with because that relationship was un broken and fractured and fret and, and scattered this is why he has and they all yeah. say the same thing about him like you know the, the same negative things like he thinks he's somebody's daddy he he tried to rule you know control him and uh different things try to manipulate them and get them to be a certain type of way for him Mm-hmm. And you know, I get pushed. I get pushed back on you know on truth and whatever I say anyway. I, I but sure. So I I I play my role accordingly. You know, I play my role accordingly. But I, I firmly believe that, and I've been saying that to her since I was a teenager. Like he only you know he does these things because he manip- because he has anger and resentment towards you. That first help that first attachment that you that he had with you, which was the first woman in his life. Mm-hmm. didn't Absolutely. sit well with him it wasn't healthy it was fragile all of that and so mm-hmm. I've, and also I, too that's, where's that's his why father? I made it a mm-hmm. where's he's his around. father oh and when he he's around and, and when he when he I will I was just talking to my mom about the, a story back my brother first started selling drugs his dad tried to stop him tried to stop him and took his over my mom was like give him back his drugs and he was like, you, you okay with him making money that way? She said, no, but that's his stuff. You don't take his stuff. And so at the time, I'm young. I'm, a, I'm a, you know, I think I'm preteen. And in my mind, it really didn't, I didn't think that what she was doing was really damaging. It was like, wow, she's standing up to this big man with a pipe in his hand. And, you know, she's really, you know, scared of her. I'm looking at my mom like, oh, she really got, she really does have people scared of her. You know, yeah, you know. 
people that type that's the way I was looking at it but now that I sit back and I told her I said it, it just amazed me how you him in his wrong and she was like that was his drugs and I don't care how he made his money with he don't take nothing like his like like his dad took his stuff but I was like but he was trying to stop his son from going to jail selling drugs and you were saying let him go to jail that's what he want to do Mm-hmm. She, she mm-hmm. was like, "Well, so she illusion of control, ignoring the facts, ignoring the fact that you know." So, and then I, and I also say that to say his dad was active, like he's active, like he's not an absent dad. He's there mm-hmm. as much as she allowed him to be. Mm-hmm. 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 The illusion of control. That's my child. That's you know, uh, whatever. He paid child yeah. support. He he, you know, he came and got him. He he did more for him than you know the man she claimed was my dad, which he really wasn't. But he 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 was there. And so but, now you have two things. Mm-hmm. Now you have mm-hmm. two things when you have that. So now this young boy is proud that his mama's standing up for him and pissed because she's coming against his daddy. And so he's looking at his daddy as all man up until that point. Mm-hmm. and so now the image of man is destroyed in that young boy forever now because now 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 a woman might come up against me like she came up against my daddy whether so it was that she stood up for him or not it, it don't matter it don't matter he sees his daddy in a certain light now and so he forever takes it in as personal mm-hmm. to him because we as children don't mm-hmm. understand that we know that we're part of our parents but we we internalize everything as if we are Right. Right. And so the way he's trying to control to make sure that his baby mama or the girl he's with does not against him like that. But then it takes yes. me back to the Willie Lynch letter. That takes me back to the Willie Lynch letter. He says, there are three things you need to do to create the perfect slave would not run away and without, you know, cause uprising and to ensure that for generations, for generations, 400 years and for years and years, they will forever have this mindset. And the one of the things that stood out to me was he said, take the black man in front of his wife, in front of his family and beat him. Show Mm -hmm. his wife, show his sons and his daughters that they, he cannot protect them from anything. So mm-hmm. completely castrate this man in front of his family. Take him and beat him. You're doing several things. One, you're letting him know that he will always get you all up ahead on him and can always beat him at any chance, any way, any, on any day, on any Sunday, maybe twice on Saturday. You're letting her know that she can't run to him because he can't. And you're also letting her know to teach her daughters this mm-hmm. same idea that you don't yes. ever trust your black man and to teach your sons that they are inferior to the white man. And if you do this, because that mother is the reason why the children would know what they know. So if you do this mm-hmm. to the man, to the black man in front of his the wife, in front of the children, that wife is going to impart that and give that to the kids. And so a lot of people don't know that yes, the slaves were every all black people were slaves, 
but it was the slave. It was, they didn't really care about the men running. They did. They go catch them. They beat them. All of that. They kill them. But it was the woman. If you was born of a free woman, you were considered free, not mm-hmm. of a free man. If you was born of, you were considered free, not the man. That brings me is generational. Yes, it it is generational, and it goes even it goes back to like I say the slavery days and for, for black people. So these are unhealthy bonds. We're just talking mm-hmm. about one unhealthy bond, which is the parental the parental unhealthy bond and a familiar familia healthy bond unhealthy bond the family lines and how do you walk away from blood because that manipulation and blood becomes a key factor in it and people will say well blood sticking water that's my blood and that's my blood you're my friend and you know uh that's blood that's blood but if blood is hurting you where do you turn where do you go what do you make sure they read in their Bibles because the Bible says that a friend will stick closer than a brother. And so we sometimes get that twisted as if to only mean that that's Jesus. And it's not like, like we need to understand that just because we come from the same bloodline does not mean that we all come from the same thought line. Mm. Okay. Put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. Okay. Because even Jesus at the cross said, "Who is my mother?" Right, but who the but the brother? ones who do the will of my father. But the one of my father, and I will take that in parallel that with if we are because he said whether there's two or three. Mm-hmm. You you we are like sisters. You know, right. if I talk about you to anybody, I'm saying my sister, my sister, my sister, my sister mm-hmm. does this and my sister does that because you you stick closer to me. We we have the same thought lines, just like you said. We also have the same goal, mm-hmm. which is to go to heaven, to see Jesus, to, to get that well done. Mm-hmm. And however I can help you get that well done and however you can help me get that well done, we do that lovingly with each other. You told me all oh, just yesterday, lovingly, told me I love you and I told you I love you too. We got <laughs> off the phone and I said, I don't care what she said, that ain't working for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, I know you did. I don't care what That's she why said. I immediately that ain't working for me. me. So I said, okay, Lord, <laughs> then you're going to have to do it because she did not hear me. Okay, now I love you. You're going to have to do it, Lord. <laughs> At all, I heard I know. nothing. I had oh, baby, nothing. I know. Okay, but I love you, and I love you too. And God's phone was like, "We ain't with that tonight." I don't mm-hmm. know what she's talking about, but but that but we but here here we are. I didn't fall out with you more. You know, you text me was like, "You good?" No, you text me about something. You didn't ask me was I good. You just I don't need call to. me. You, you start right? talking. You just call me and start talking. Like, oh, she's gonna talk over him, you know. But people tend to hold those grudges and stuff, and they don't know how to have relationship and people because I'm not gonna tell you what you want to hear, right? And you're not gonna do the same for me because that's not helping us grow. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I when I'm building my, I'm about to build another console in my for my living room. 
when I'm building my console, I don't want the edges to be jagged. So I have to use sandpaper. Sandpaper is rough. I have my sand, but I don't do sandpaper by hand because that takes too long. So I bought the little machine. Mm-hmm. And so I buy the sandpaper pads that go on my machine that will buff out all of the imperfections that I need, will get my edges smooth so when my nephews and my niece not getting wood splinters in their hand playing on my consoles that I built. Mm-hmm. No furniture, no carpet or beer furniture for you to sit on with splinters sticking out. They take that sander. That sander goes what the wood goes against the wood's grain. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you are my sander and I'm your but we don't throw the sander away just because we don't like the feel. And that's what throwing people away because they don't like the way the people make them feel because they give them something they need not something they want mm-hmm. what I'm talking about is when you walk away from unhealthy bonds and I'm talking about somebody who is demeaning who is abusive with their words their emotion withhold affection until you do something for them or you know put their hands on you and like I say right now we're talking about just the family because there are families that do that. Indeed. Every time they they around each other, they fight. They are physically fighting. I remember my grandmother had a seventy her seventy second birthday. Oh my God, I remember it just clear as day. My uncles got drunk and just ruined the whole day by fighting. And I stopped going to gathering. I stopped. I'm not doing this no more. <laughs> I'm not doing this no more with y'all. Because every time we get together, we fight. No, no, no. That ain't healthy. That's not healthy. But what it is, and people say, uh, you know, an alcoholic tongue tells no tale. Mm-hmm. So you wait till you get all this booze and liquor in you to want to tell your your family or your cousin or whoever how you feel. That's not healthy as well either. And then because that's a fight now. Ooh. Because you're definitely not doing it in a loving way. Sis, you talking about some, you are talking about uh, the hotbed of uh, today's family issues. So we're seeing it in our younger children as issues paying attention, as too much uh, electronics time, as um, uh, not being able to to date properly. As we're seeing it in that way, but it stems from it stems from the basic relationship of the family. I have learned that by allowing your children electronics you have removed the opportunity for conversation so when you remove the opportunity for conversation you remove the child's ability to number one handle conflict um number two to communicate their feelings number three um to even be able to conceptualize their thoughts and feelings Mm -hmm. their ability to sit and understand someone else's differences and be able to accept them without it causing any type of feeling on your part. And you remove the opportunity for the child to really, really find themselves. There is a ministry in in children being bored. And I don't care what anybody says, but take away all these children's devices and toys. They will make up things to do and things to play, you will really see the nature of the child in front of you when you take away external uh, entertainment. But people don't want to do that because the first thing the child is going to do is bug the hell out the parent. And so then when did we stop parenting? 
because we got our own stuff going on and we don't have time to be bugged by our child who we had is and everybody and I'm on social media and you know I'm a teacher so I am a teacher and it hit me it hit us square one person posted okay teachers we get it you won we'll we'll give you more pay just not COVID like we started COVID to get a break and so parents begin to say oh my god you know now this one man got a whole a vlog on YouTube about I see why parent why teachers you know, be calling parents and different things. My child is really a mess. But before, hey, hey, Shonda, uh, we need you to come see about Kevin. Why you want to call see about Kevin? But I'm sick and tired. Every time he do something, y'all call me. Well, <laughs> do you really? We haven't even got to the point of what he actually did. We haven't even got to mm -hmm. what he did. But the moment Kevin comes home and tells you, the teacher took my cell phone. We get that phone call. Don't take them. I pay the bill. And, but ma'am, he's not supposed to have a phone in class anyway. And mm -hmm. we gave it back to him. Oh, and, and then at the high school that I was at, if your phone was taken from you, your parent had to come pick it up. You had to leave your job. To come, oh, that phone was going to stay in the lost and found or stay locked. Somebody. And they hated that. To school to see about their child because their child is broken has broken the rule okay and then clothes you're, you're not supposed to wear ripped jeans or whatever hold the top why they can't wear that well ma'am you got a uniform for your job do you break your uniform why you want the child to break the uniform for school right so we're teaching these things that so i it's just like we want to shift the blame we're shifting the blame so you telling me to take my child's device that i bought for them to get off my nerves. No, no, no. Because the first thing the that, that child is going to, first of all, go bug that parent or whoever's mm -hmm. in the house. I'm bugged. I don't have anything to do. Uh, and the parent's going to get upset get and give them back that device. But if you have a healthy parent, you have a parent that instituted that, that child, you find them something to do, like I did with my son. Mm -hmm. You cannot, you, you get an hour on the weekend. Saturday to play if, you know, when he was in school you nothing on Sunday I don't know what you're going to do on Sunday find you something to do but on Saturday you get an hour of play so if I were mm -hmm. you I would choose that hour for when you it, 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 you know close to nighttime. time there's nothing on TV that hour in the morning time I don't know what to tell you you're going to be early tonight but like you said, once you do that, you have to institute those type of boundaries and parameters for the kids to have that so they can develop that critical thinking and problem solving and imaginative skills. These kids do not know how to imagine these days. You give them something, and I am an English teacher, and you give them something, they can't even fathom it because they, if it's not in black and white, they don't know it. They have no imaginary. They have none. So you have to you have to have those healthy attachments with your child. It's your child. And if you didn't want your child, then, um, you know, we have options. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there are plenty of options that you should do for mm -hmm. your child. So then this child grows up. They grow up. I've seen it time and time again, especially in the, over the last 
four or five years I was in high school. They leave the school. I've seen children return home within the first three weeks of college. Not because grades or anything else. Because when they got out there on their own, they realized they could not. They had to operate within somebody's parameters and they've been doing things their way. Mm-hmm. They've been used to doing things their way. But it's still on topic. But if we build these healthy attachments, we wouldn't have to walk away to relearn ourselves. I'm not saying as a family member, leave your family and go and be by yourself. No, there's a time and a season for everything. But mm-hmm. to walk away from an unhealthy attachment to leave, to go gather yourself, get to know yourself, rediscover yourself, however you want to do it, and get strong enough. First of all, you have to have a strong relationship with God to be able to do this. Indeed. You have to have a strong relationship with God because when you can go away and not get healed, you will you just moved away from your family. And because you don't see them every day, that anger, that bitterness, that resentment doesn't come up. It doesn't mm-hmm. come up because it's not in front of you. Mm-hmm. Own life, you have your own friends. You on the East Coast, your family on the West Coast, and so and you probably only see them at Christmas for two days. That third day, you out of there because you know two days is your limit. <clears throat> and you you back home in three days, or you going on to a place where you know you don't have to be in conflict with your family. <laughs> so you have to have a strong relationship with God in order to do this. So that you can get healed and you can be made whole. Go see a therapist. Get a good one. I had a very good one who was a Christian. Well, I wouldn't say she was a Christian, but I would say she was familiar with the Bible enough and and respected God enough to respect my walk with God and to and to help me heal in the regard in those regards. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people feel like no, black people don't go to uh, they don't go to therapy they go to church oh my gosh can I please say something please can I please say something because I think that we misunderstand what it is that both of those are supposed to do (laughs) I think we misunderstand and and please hear me when I tell you that God supports the counseling field heaven not only does God support the counseling field but in numerous places in the Bible God even relates king will not even go to war without having his counselors on hand to give him advice first it is a not only is it appropriate and biblical it is healthy to get counseling i don't care what race you think that you are counseling is not a long-term situation it is a short-term situation you sit with someone who does not know you and your background who can listen to what it is that you're saying and help you pick out things that you are missing because you're so focused on what has always been. That is what a counselor does. They give you another perspective. Well, I think people, the reason why black people have, and I'm not just going to say black people. I think the reason why um, people have an issue with counseling because you got to think of a marriage and the wife says, well, honey, let's go to counseling. What do you go to counseling for? you know like you said give us another perspective I don't need nobody to pay nobody to tell me what to do in my marriage 
what to do. They're giving you, like you say, another alternative and another perspective. Thinking about it this way. Have you thought about it this way? Did you, you know, did you know that you was hurting her feelings or did you care? You know what I'm saying? Those type of questions, because that's what I was—I wasn't told go home and do this, and you need to change your life, and you need to do this. Well, Tangela, did you think about it this way? No, I did not. It was just one thing. She, it was just so simple. She was like, you know, you don't have to listen to people. You can hang up. You can hang up. <laughs> but I can hang up. Bonded <laughs> by the rage and, and the anger and the hurt. And I'm sitting here holding the phone, listening to this person go on and on about how they hate me and all of this. And, you know, and woo, woo, and and I have to have a relationship with this person because of a, you know, because, because, and she was like, you know, you don't have to listen to that. You could just hang up. Wait a minute, huh? People do that. <laughs> I'm laughing, but it, that's how simple it was, and it, that's true story. She literally told me, you know, you can hang up. You know what? I'm not. That I do that all life. the time. I, 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 I tell. I these are the conversations that I have with people all the time. When I when people come to counseling with me, I don't give them no huge fixes or nothing like that. I send them home with homework, but I only send them home with homework to make them think about whatever it is that we talked about. I don't really tell people what to do because people ain't gonna do what you tell them to do. So I just so I just ask them, have they thought about it this way? Like, do you do you know that you don't? have to go to your granny's house every Sunday if you don't want to. What you mean what you I ain't got to go? Gotta go. Granny. Right. That is granny. She been doing this for years. It, and I, she going to keep on dinner. doing it too. Until she die. But what What about going to granny's house do you like? Nothing. Well, why are you going? Because it's granny. There's a story. There's a story about a lady. She was She cut the butt of the chicken off the whole chicken off and put it in the pot. <laughs> and, and the husband say, well, why do you do that? Why do you cut it? I don't know, because my mama did it. So he go ask the mother-in-law, so why do you cut the butt of the chicken off? I don't know. My mama did it. So he go ask the, the grandmother, hey, why do you cut the butt of the chicken off? I don't know. My mother did it. So he kept going and then finally the, the person that started it was like, I cut the butt off because my pants was too small back then. Right. So we don't even have to do what we're doing any longer. Like this is an outdated mode. Like I was listening to Dr. Miles Monroe the other day and he said something about the law that, that kind of triggered me. And I was sitting there with my mouth like wide open because when he talks about the law, he says that there's two different types of laws. He says there's a ritual law. He said, and then there's a creation law. He said, and the ritual law, he said that is given for a specific time period. It is temporary. It is not forever. So if there are some rituals that you have been keeping, if you're listening to this and you have been keeping these rituals because this is what my family has always done, baby, uh, you don't have to do those things if you don't desire. Rituals change. They are temporary. It's not forever. You ain't got to go to granny house every day for the rest of your life if you don't want to. You don't have to make your chicken like that because your mama make yours. If you like raisins and your potato salad, baby, don't serve it to me, but you can cook it that way. It's all yours. That girl said, baby, don't serve it to me because I ain't eating it. But it's yours. I, I, cook it the way you like it. But I had to, but going through my counseling session, I had to to realize that 
Like my family, you know, they use this and they use that and I'm using it. I'm like, wait a minute, this don't work for me, but I'm sticking to this product because this is the product I've known all my life, but this ain't working. Like, did it ever work for anybody? And so I stopped using it and then I start buying another brand. And then people come to my house like, girl, where's the such and such? Because that's all I family clean with. Oh, well, baby, I might, well, just call me, just this on me because I'm not buying it. That's not coming in my house. It doesn't work. It mm-hmm. does work. What are you talking about? No, no, no. Have you ever really looked at your whatever you clean with this product? It's still dirty. And then if you read it, it doesn't it in it to kill germs. See, see, uh-uh. I knew you was too smart for your own good. See, but any other day, my smartness, if it benefiting you, you, oh, you the smartest person in the family. And oh my God, God is going to take you places. But now I'm too smart for my own good. You know, so it's like a that double-edged sword. So you have to move away and you have to detach yourself from these unhealthy bonds because they will, I'm telling you, they will literally kill you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go to Granny's house every Sunday. You can go to somebody else's house. You don't have to go to the same church all day, every day. Point, case in point. So the pandemic hit, we can't go to church, mm-hmm. right? So everybody either go to Facebook church, whether your church got a Facebook page or your church got a YouTube page or app, however it is how you go to church. So my, <laughs> my mother, and I'm not funny, but it's funny. So Granddaddy's church, been around for it's five odd years plus years whatever so they're one of the churches that kept going to the building even when they kept saying they kept gathering we ain't done corona you know everybody said that until just about everybody almost everybody in that church got corona just about mm. so now all of a sudden yeah we need we need to sit our butt down my mom was one of them she was one of them and hers you know she was one of them so that's how she moved into my house because I, she needed to isolate and whatever. So she ended up moving in with me. So the church moved to uh, a Zoom call, but none of them have the wherewithal to know how to operate the call. So they did like a 1-800 number where they all would call in and do it and then speak a phone and everybody talking over everybody because, you know, don't nobody really know how to do this, know how to work. So then they, um, somebody said, well, hey, let's do Zoom. Everybody got a smartphone, let's do Zoom. So they started doing Zoom and sending the link. And again, they had to teach everybody how to do it because again, they are not up to date with technology. They have cell phones, they have smartphones. Some of them may even have iPhones, but all they know how to do is call. Some of them may know how to text. Yes, they are a lot of older people in this church, but there's also a lot of younger people who they suppress and will not give them positions in the church because Younger people brings fresh ideas. That ain't what we want. We like the old days. Okay? Mm-hmm. So this pandemic is exposing <laughs> your old ways that are not there antiquated, all your stuff, that now you have to go online with. So times, then, then all of a sudden, it just dropped off. It just dropped off. Meanwhile, I'm going on my, um, going on the app. I'm doing the YouTube and so my mom one day she listened to the pastor on the TV, and oh, he preaching. Oh man, yeah, that's a word right there. That's a word. And he's you know preaching. He is giving. I mean, he put his foot in the word. Not to say put my foot in that food. He put his foot in the word. And then so I say, so you like them? She's like, yeah. 
She said, so you, what you listen to that? that I saw on YouTube. I said, he has an app. He also has a YouTube channel. And I said, he may have Facebook, but I don't have Facebook. So whatever. So she was cool with it. Listened to him about two or three, maybe two times. Until she caught sight of him. He was white. So she closes her door now. Oh, she don't want to hear him no more. Mm-mm. Oh. Because he ain't skin folk? He ain't skin folk. Come on. He sound like skin folk. Oh, I know who you're talking about now. He sound like skin folk. You're talking about my buddy. <laughs> he had a word in his bed. My buddy with was... the chatterbox. Gone then, my brother. Gone. gone. With the hit, he, he hit and, and was hitting on all cylinders. But mm-hmm. he... White and I brought that up to say this because ritualistic history, religiosity says that I only can hear from my pastor of this particular because he's not <laughs> who want to listen to that, but that is what we that is what we've come that that is the black church and that's what we are used to and so when you leave or someone who teaches this is what you need to be shouting and praising about not happy feet and empty heads so mm-hmm. now not empty heads empty heads because who can hear over <coughs> Who can hear? Put me in C. Put me in C. Who can hear? Who can hear? I've had people tell me, I don't know what Pastor said, but did but people walk out, girl. We had a hot time in the Lord. Well, what did he preach about? Something or another, but child, you should have seen the way them folks did. That's not what I asked you. <laughs> they right. never can tell you what was said. So now I'm really getting looked at crazy. So now the conversation is, y'all know she go to that white man's church, right? <laughs> yeah, child. He sound like he black, but y'all know he white. He just as white as he can be. So conversation. Why? The black church, apparently. I, and I have yet to see him do it. So, I, I mean, I'm and in all in all the many years that y'all only been going to the black man church, I've yet to see y'all move from the position that y'all been in. I've yet to see y'all mindsets change. I've yet to see y'all healed, freed, and delivered. I've yet to see the evidence of the gospel in the lives of all the black folks that only go to black churches. Now the Bible says, How can he hear? Mm-hmm. We talked about that what two, three episodes ago? Uh-huh. It it doesn't say it doesn't say unless a black preacher come around. It doesn't say unless a white preacher, orange preacher, yellow preacher, red preacher, the Martian man come around. It says a preacher. Somebody mm-hmm. that gives you the word it to you in a manner of life changing. Mm-hmm. You're going to say, you know what? is I need to leave give you the strength through the word to be able to walk 
to walk away from manipulating relationships, relationships that make you feel guilty, relationships that make you feel like you invested time, you need, to, you need to get a return on that investment, a relationship that doesn't make you have low self-esteem, a relationship that doesn't make you feel fear of being lonely, a relationship that has illusion of control. Because in the spirit, when you talk about the bigger issue is attachment, and then these are all symptoms of that, in the spirit, the attachment would be the stronghold. Yeah. And these would be the tentacles of their stronghold. And so in order for you to break any stronghold, you have to, you have to have a relationship with God. And you have to go through whatever God ordains for you to go through to break that stronghold. I don't know your walk. I don't know. I don't know what it is that God will put you in a place because this stuff must come off you. So therefore you have to go through the fire. So if the fire is you leaving your family and you being ostracized, you being you know, your family killing your name and just, just they put all kind of dirty. If that is the fire, then baby walk, just, just keep walking. I'm going to tell you like Dory told, told Nemo, just keep swimming, baby. Just keep walking. We were always designed Keep to be walking. in forward momentum anyway. And anytime it is that we find ourselves not in forward momentum, then we're not doing something that is that we're supposed to be doing. If, if you look at what God does in the Bible, it's always about forward momentum. He is always about moving forward. Always. And so there is no, there is no great success in anything without sacrifice without sacrifice so for me to be a successful and healthy adult there are some family members that I could not be a part of those relationships were part of that sacrifice because I have cousins that like to steal I have cousins that like to drink I have cousins that like to sell drugs I have cousins that like to be ratchet now there's nothing wrong with being ratchet I got a little bit of ratchet inside me as well however I don't want to be stuck with ratchet like that's not a station I desire to at some point, I want to go to places where ratchet is not allowed, not because I don't want to be around, quote unquote, ratchetness, but because the money that I desire to do the work of the Lord is in those rooms where ratchet cannot go. And people understand that. And when they, I remember one of your family members was trying to befriend me and I was like, I'm not your friend, but you're Shonda's friend. Yeah, period. Why you can't be my friend? Because I don't want to. <laughs> oh, did she tell you something about me? No. You are telling me everything I need to know. You are showing me everything I need to know. And so that rejection didn't go over well with your family member. At all. <laughs> it go over well. <laughs> because they are not used to the brutal, the brutal honesty that you and I have with each other. It was just like, your mom, why don't she come to see me? Because she ain't here for you. And so people like to attach themselves to other people's things. I don't know why. And you you tell them, no, that's not, that don't belong to me. It belongs to you. Why can't I have it? Because you can't. And so starts to hinder people from growing. Because now they're starting to blame whoever, whatever, however, on why they are not being successful because you won't give me access to the things that you have. Mm -hmm. I can't be successful because you won't give me access. That's just like this. 
oh, you know such and such. I'll introduce you. Oh, uh, you could tell. No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> it might be petty. It might be, you know, small example, but I, I, the kids know, everybody knows me. They come up to me. They'll tell me everybody. I get the tea. I, I, get, I see all the fights on the phone. I see everything first. Here, Miss Clay, look, Miss Clay, look. Don't, you know, you sh- I ain't going to tell you, but, you know, girl, then, you know. So <laughs> they would, so a guy would be called to me, be like, hey, hey, uh, how, how cool are you with, 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 with Shonda? Real cool. Why? Hey, let me get a number. Put me on. No, no, no. I'll make the introductions. No, you put in the good work. No, no, no. You do your own work. So then I'll say, Shonda, you got a boyfriend? And you, and depending on your answer, if you say no, I'll say, well, you know, somebody like you, you, you'll be willing to be introduced to the person. Who, Miss Clayton? You know, just, just let me know. Are you, are you looking for it? Are you, can I introduce you? And they'll be like, yeah, I want to know. I'll wait to an appropriate time, you know. And I'll be like, hey, Tony, that's Shonda. Shonda, that. And I'll walk away. I'll walk away. You got to put in your own word. Indeed. So, and so then the boy come back and be like, Miss Clay, man, I mean, you could have did. No, 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 no. Don't ask me to put you on when you're not ready to be on. Like I say, it might be petty, might be a small example, but that could go for anything. You know, I've heard celebrities say they friends be like, hey, their friends, hey, let me introduce me to so-and-so. No, I'll, no, put me on the so No, I'll introduce you. You got to, you know, take the opportunity and run with it yourself. People don't know how to do that. They want to have access to whatever you have so they can attach themselves to whatever you have attached and then build their platform or build themselves off that. No, you have to do it yourself. So if you have to detach yourself, if you did the work by detaching yourself from those family members in which you talked about detaching yourself from, because that is not the station you want to live at, they're going to have to learn how to do the same for them. Mm-hmm. There's a period in time when you, when you can move away from the person, the people, get yourself together. And if it's your family, you can come back. And when you come back, you'll come back with boundaries. And then you didn't have to teach them your boundaries. And I just no. put a record. Boundaries are not bad. Boundaries don't mean that you can't have a relationship. Boundaries don't mean I don't like you. Boundaries don't mean that you can't have nothing. Boundaries don't mean anything about anybody else. Boundaries only mean something for the person that is holding the boundaries. I, just, I, I need to throw that out there. I'm sorry. Because and, people have the wrong conception about boundaries. And boundaries doesn't mean I don't love you. Boundaries mean I love me enough. Yeah. Love you enough to say this is how far I'm gonna go with you. Or this is how far you can go with me. Now, you need a biblical reference for that? I got you. Uh come here, Abraham. <laughs> you and your son take your son up the mountain. Right? Isaac. Mm-hmm. Go, go, go up the mountain. Abraham decided to take the servants. But when he got to the foot of the mountain, he said, uh, all right, because in my mind, in my imaginary mind, the Lord was telling him, you know, they can't go up the mountain with you, right? Just you and I can go up that mountain. So meet him at the bottom of the mountain. So when he got to the bottom of the mountain, he was like, yo, Pete, me and the boy going to go up yonder. We'll come back down to y'all, all right? <coughs> Some people can't go up the mountain with you. Mm-hmm. 
majority of the people cannot go up the mountain with you. Okay, it's going to be probably just you up the mountain. So don't try mm-hmm. to take people with you. You have to leave them for a period of time. Get what you can get from God. Get what you need from God. Let me say that. Then come back down that mountain. When they came back down that mountain, not only was his faith, but Isaac's faith was that much stronger in God. Mm-hmm. And then they can carry on and go back with the service. Now, there's some people you don't need to return from. There's some people you need to run as fast as your feet carry you away from them. You need to be like the wise men who went to go bring gifts to the newborn baby Jesus because they recognized that Herod did not have any good intentions. Instead of going back to see him, they left a different way. Hmm. They took a different route. They didn't even go back past him. Sometimes you need to do that with certain people. You you have to. And there are certain people in my family I will not hold court with. Will not hold court with. And because of that, they are mad with me because I won't hold court with them. Listen, I, nah, I ain't, ain't going to do that. I ain't going to put nobody on front street. We appreciate you. <laughs> it, it's just certain things I will not ever be cool with because I hate whatever God say hate. I will never be cool with some things. So baby, me and you will never split bread. Never share a cup of tea together. You could just go ahead and I and I will let you know. And my mom said, you know, that's not you know, it's not godly. I say, where in the Bible does it say I have to wave to everybody? Tell me. Not wave to you, I'm going to hell. Please tell me. Because there's in it, right? Even a sin socially unacceptable. That's not biblically unacceptable. It's not unacceptable, especially if I'm in a moving car. I don't have to blow my horn. Especially when see you, I'm not gonna go out. Don't you see me, Mm-mm. baby? Go on about your business. I love you anyway. I have to love you from a distance. I have to love you at your house. Yes, because what you have, what you are doing, I will never be okay. Never. Not in a million years. Not. So the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. But I won't speak ill of that person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't go around and tell their business and tell what they do and broadcast it. I say, Lord, clean them up. But the violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Proverbs 10 and 11. I just read the New King James Version. Just because you move away from somebody and you pull away from people, you do not have to speak ill of, of them. Please do not speak ill of them. Don't even don't even let that come, you know, be that be something that can be said about you, that you wake up and that's what you do. But if they wake up and do that, that is a violent natured person. That's what the scripture is telling me. Violence covers the mouth of the wicked. It covers. Mm-hmm. So do the work for you. Get get yourself together with God for you. Don't even worry about them. Don't worry about them. Don't worry about what they got going on. Don't worry about uh, what they saying about you. It will hurt. I'm going to tell you, it's going to hurt because it's family and they know how to get you. Oh, indeed. How to get you. They know how to do that knife in the right spot. So it's for her. Tell it to Jesus. In your prayer closet, Wherever you, wherever you talk to him, you have to yourself because these unhealthy hold in these tentacles and entrapment, illusions of control, investment, fear of loneliness, and low self-esteem. 
they will prick at every what's that movie where they had that hooks in him? It wasn't really a scary movie, like a demonic movie. Came off as scary. You had to give me a little bit more than that. You I can't remember that. Him? <sighs> yeah, like every time something something like he did something or tried to get away or tried to get away from the devil whatever it, he like pulled him and you could see his flesh just mm. ooh, i just see it right now i can't even think of the movie that's what i that's don't know this, but when you find that though, though, you need to let a sister know you know i like stuff like that i, I will it's it's like a demonic movie like the man every time he tried to get away from the devil it, he his back was scarred up it's like he had hooks in his back and it's like it was pulling him back. It'll feel like that. It'll feel like you're being pulled back. And the breaking away, it hurts. It hurts. But once you get through that breaking, mm, my God, my God. Once you get through that breaking, that pain, trust me, the, the rest of it will be easy. It is breaking away. It is the cutting away of that attachment. It's, it's clipping that umbilical cord. I'll be watching the little baby shows. And they said the umbilical cord is the hardest thing to cut. You can't just cut it with regular scissors. It's like these mm -hmm. surgically sharp scissors that you have to cut the umbilical cord with because that is the hardest thing to to take a, to get you know to unleash the child from its mother. That those attachments are the once you can break that, you home free. Everything else gonna be all right. Ooh, that's all I have. What you got, sis? Anything else? No, sis. That was good all by itself. Again, I just... <laughs> okay, again, I just want to repeat. If you are a victim of domestic violence of any sort, you can call the Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. Again, that is 1-800-799-7233. Or you can get on their, um, their chat through the hotline.org. Again, the hotline.org is free and it's confidential. Let us pray. Father who are in heaven, hallowed would be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the power and the glory forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And the church said, Amen. Amen. All right, sis, let them know where they can find us at on those social media platforms. Absolutely. They can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook, all by the same name, Still Clay Podcast. All right, folks, remember, just as we are two vessels of clay still being molded by God, so are you. And until next time, walk in love. <laughs>